everyone to episode let's call it two of spirit lab spirit lab is a podcast where i will regularly be diving into mainly spiritual topics like astrology and and mental alchemy and whatever i really feel like talking about in in that area of things but um i mean i'm sure that i won't be able but to you know I'll have to talk about the society and culture of stuff that's going on because we're in for a, a, a weird couple of years or like 10, but you know, whatever. It's been a while. How are you? I've had a lot of time during this whole <clears throat> Mars and Gemini transit to, uh, to really hone in on, on what I want to accomplish here with uh, Spirit Lab and and I don't know any other kind of pursuits that I have. Maybe a little too much time, honestly. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I am very much over Mars and Gemini. I don't even remember what Mars is like in any other sign at this point. It's crazy. This transit just came and wrecked shop for me in, in my personal life. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's the point of these longer transits, right? you're like forced to take a deeper look and assess what's really going on in, in these areas of your life and what you truly want out of them. But uh, yeah, this, this summer has been particularly intense for me. I think the last time I actually recorded a podcast was at the end of May or June or something like that. And it wasn't just Mars, you know, it, it was also this, this Jupiter, the Jupiter retrograde in Aries. I'm, I'm sure a lot of you out there uh, really felt this as well, you know, like as if this summer came around and <clears throat> towards the end, there was just like this barrier that you hit. Maybe you went into something last year with, with all this confidence and steam and then August came around and it was like, yeah, yeah, you sure about that? You sure this is the way we're headed? Here, why don't you just have some fun with, with all these delays instead? Get back to me when that's all sorted out. Funny enough, at the time of me recording this podcast, um, Jupiter is now like finally officially leaving shadow, right? So it's finally getting past the point where it, it started retrograding at, in, um, I, don't know, I think it was like the end of August. So now is the time to, to pick up those things that, that maybe we had started and had to go over. And now, finally, Mars is also moving forward. We can finally just move forward with all this shit. Um, so yeah, just, you know, some astrological advice from yours truly. If, uh, if you've been spending the past few months going over something like now's the time to just, to just really bring it into fruition, really do the work 
And um, then, you know, when, when Jupiter goes into Taurus this, uh, this spring, you can, you can see the, the, the fruits of your labor there. But anyway, I digress. So just a couple things. During my little podcast and content creating hiatus, um, I was actually a guest on the Cosmic Keys podcast with, uh, with Dan Shukas. I think that was probably, I don't know, the end of September, beginning of October, right around there. But it was an awesome conversation. Dan's the man. He's such a good dude. And um, I love the Cosmic Keys, so that was really fun. So if you want to go ahead and listen to that conversation, um, you can go over to Rockfin and listen to the whole... I think we did like two hours or something like that. Um, or just, you know, if you don't have Rockfin, if you don't want to pay for Rockfin, the first half hour is on his normal Cosmic Keys uh, channel. And if you're a Cosmic Keys listener and you're listening to me for the first time, welcome. I hope you like it. I hope you stick around. Um, what else? Oh, Dan, uh, I actually just got it in the mail this morning. He, um, he made some... Uh, calendars, some astrological calendars for 2023, and they came out awesome. the The artwork's badass. The quality's sick. So um, you should definitely support the homie and grab one of those. It's really fucking cool. Um, if you'd like to support me, you can head on over to my new Substack that I just launched. That is at astrologyandhumanity.substack.com. I'm pretty stoked on that, to be honest with you, because I'm like kind of shocked that I've never really ventured into the writing or blogging space before because believe it or not, I have a tremendously shitty Mercury with like an awful aspect to it. So writing things down like really gives my, oppor- my mind, see look, I'm already like all over the fucking place. It gives my mind an opportunity to, to, to be at ease and express itself comfortably. So I actually really like doing that. I only have one piece up, but um, I've been throwing around like so many ideas. Uh, I'm really, really excited to to you know get that going. So yeah, um, astrologyandhumanity.substack.com if you want to support your boy. Let's see, what did I want to talk about today? I guess uh, while I'm still on the subject of um, Substack, the next thing that I'm going to write about is. Uh, Saturn's ingress into Pisces. And I'm going to like, I'll break it down by rising sign for you guys so you can see exactly how Saturn's going to be showing up in, in your life for the next three years. But um, I just tweeted out earlier where, like, and I'm, listen, I swear to God, I'm done talking about this. But it's just, I, you know, I see it, I have to talk about it. I'm fully anticipating this whole trendy Christian Renaissance thing that's like been happening that I've been talking about that a lot of people have been talking about, I feel like that's going to ramp up with Saturn in Pisces because what's going to happen, I think like a blanket statement that you could, that you could make about Saturn in Pisces is that <clears throat> people are going to feel like they need to be more regimented or organized with their spiritual beliefs, right? You know, that's the, the, the Saturn wants you to be responsible, wants you to, to, to be regimented and it's going into the sign of Pisces that that's all about faith and, and about, you know, your, 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 these spiritual beliefs that you may hold and how you see the world. So I think that, you know, you're going to see a lot of people, um, converting to Christianity, to, um, 
I think a lot of people are going to convert from Christianity to Islam. That's something that I'm seeing. It's not like an astrological thing I'm seeing. I just like culturally, like, I don't know. I, I think that uh, a lot of these trad people who converted to, I mean, I guess that there's like two different types. There's, there's those like hardcore trad people who like just hate the woke stuff. And um, I don't think that, I think Christianity is too soft for them. I think that they like literally want Sharia law. Like that is like their utopia. So I think that they're going to head towards that direction. And then there's the ex quote unquote new age people who are going to be Christian, which I hate using that term new age because it's like, what does that even mean? Like yoga, astrology, these aren't, you're talking about like thousands of years of practice. Like this is not new. Um, yeah. And then you're going to get like atheists who are like going to go to therapy and shit. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting time, but, um, I'm, I'm already feeling that pull within myself, honestly, because I, I'm already starting to like, you know, marches around the corner and I, I can feel myself wanting to get more strict and, and regimented with stuff that, uh, I do consider spiritual that may not be on the surface, like, like fasting, um, these parasite cleanses that I want to start doing. I did one last year, hadn't done another one until like now, like last week I started and already I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah, that's right. Like these things are so powerful. I don't know why I don't do this. Like I, you should be taking some kind of herbal parasite detox, like every season, four times a year, at least it's, it's crazy how, the effect that it has on you, how much better you feel, how much, I mean, I don't know. My appetite is more like evened out. I have energy again. I don't need to take naps in the middle of the day for no reason. My skin looks better. My hair looks better. Like it's just, it's crazy. But um, yeah, there's a, there's a ton of stuff that I feel pulled to, to want to do. Um, I remember when I, when Jupiter was in Pisces last year, I started messing around with this audio stuff. Like I would either use binaural beats and then I'd put like affirmations over them and then just like listen to them like when I slept and stuff like that. And I definitely felt, I remember like having a measurable effect on my mood. And that's something that I stopped doing that I want to do again. And I just want to like, you know, just stick with it just have that like Saturn mentality of like sticking to it. It's just what you do. You don't question it. You don't think about it. You just do it. It's, it's part of your routine now. Um, I also want to get better about my Kundalini practice, which I've been, you know, slacking on lately, you know, all this stuff. So I think it'll be good. Saturn and Pisces. Um, yeah, what else do I want to talk about? Oh, uh, yeah, I guess like the whole, because of, I don't know, the the crowds I kind of peep in and out of on Twitter and stuff, they, they just, these people have this obsession with Satan and like everything is satanic, everything is demonic, which like, sure, but like, I... <laughs> I need something more than that, you know? Like, it, that doesn't do anything for me. Like, it's just like, okay, who is Satan? Are you sure about that? Are you sure that everything is so simple and binary? I don't know. 
So I read this book uh, last year. It's called Outwitting the Devil by um, Napoleon Hill. And he explained or described the devil. Well, he didn't. He, the, the, whole, the whole premise of the book is that he somehow or another actually has the opportunity to interview the devil. And in this interview, the devil is, he, he has to tell the truth about anything that Napoleon asks him. So he asked, you know, to identify himself, um, what he does, what tactics he uses, how humans befall him, how they, it's just an all encompassing detailed description of the devil and how he infiltrates humanity. And I thought it was great. Like I really resonated with that. I really, that struck me to the point where I was like, wait a second, what is going on here? Like, is he, he claims you can like find stuff online where he claimed to have talked to these disembodied multidimensional beings or some shit, which is like, did he? I don't know. I just thought it was so accurate. And I was like, no, there's no way he actually talked to the devil. <laughs> but um, I, think I, I think I figured it out because during the time that I was reading this book, I was also learning a lot more about hermeticism and um, taking like the hermetic principles into practice, which is something that I really want to talk about a lot on my YouTube channel and this podcast. And I saw so many parallels. I was like, oh, he's just allegorizing. Is that a word? Yeah, I think. I don't know. He's, he's writing a story, a, pal- a palatable story about hermetic law. And he's packaging it in this like, you know, like an interview with the devil. And it's fucking fantastic. Um, but yeah, so like I have my little conspiracy theory because he didn't release that book when it was written. It was written in 1937, I think. And the story was that he thought it was going to be too controversial for the time. So he wanted it released after his death. It wasn't released until 2011. Um, and in the book, the devil is telling him, you can't release this because your, your life will be ruined forever you'll be crucified. You'll, no one will believe you. Humanity will turn on you. Your life will be ruined. You, you'll lose all your money, all this and that. And so I think instead of like the devil actually telling him that, I think what is more likely is that he was a part of some like secret society or something where they, they had ties to like the mystery schools. So they, you know, they, they practice hermeticism and taught hermeticism. And so I think that like, I don't know, he was just afraid to break any oaths or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, I want to get into that. I want to dissect that real quick. This will be a quick episode. How long have I done already? I don't know. I can't tell. Um, whatever. So yeah, Satan, the devil. Let's start with the first time we see this name. And 
what the definition is. What is what does this name? What does this word mean? Satan. It comes from Hebrew, and it simply means opponent or opposition, adversary. To be clear, that's not designated to this supreme being residing in the fiery basement whose adversary is God. It's just simply the definition for the word Satan in Hebrew. It means opposition, adversary. That's it. That's the first time we see that word. Or that's the root of the word. So I think the most accurate portrayal of what this of putting that definition onto a, you know, the being that we know culturally as Satan, I think Napoleon Hill just, just really knocks it out of the park with this book. So who does the devil claim to be according to Napoleon Hill? I guess before I get into this, um, the second half of this podcast, if you plan on reading this book, like, I don't know, what's, what's a spoiler alert rules for like books? I mean, I don't know. I don't think it matters. Who cares? Okay. So right off the bat, when Napoleon sits down with the devil, he asks him to clearly identify himself to which the devil replies that he is not this flaming red split tongued hooved entity, but he's actually just this not just, but what he is, is this formless thought that exists solely in the mind of man, that dwells within the mind of man, that seeks to essentially destroy and self-sabotage through the free will of the person that he is, you know, uh, influencing. He goes on to identify what we call God as being his opposition, which is funny, right? Because remember the the Hebrew definition of the word Satan, he identifies his opposition as being the thought of the thought of creation, of determination, you know, self-actualization. And he keeps uh, referencing God as his opposition. He claims that there, that there can't be one without the other, right? There, there can't be a God without him. There can't be him without God. And that the relationship between him and his opposition are like the negative and positive charges of an electron. Himself being the negative charge, you know, and he goes on to explain how both the positive and the negative charges of energy are necessary to the existence, to the very existence of the electron. And so if we just stopped right there, already you can see what I was talking about with the hermeticism. Like we have the principles of mentalism and polarity right there. And um, this is something that I've, I've tried to do to rationalize, you know, what I think god and and the devil could be to to some friends of mine before it's super interesting to to use the principle of polarity it's 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 super controversial um it's a controversial way to explain god and the devil that they're actually the same thing just opposites of a spectrum and it's only you know our frame of reference that puts an identity to either of them 
like for example, <clears throat> excuse me, hot and cold, right? Think of a 90 degree summer day and then think of a negative five degree blistering cold winter day. Sure, you can conceptualize hot and cold as being two separate things. However, in reality, they're both the same thing. All we're talking about is temperature. You're talking about varying degrees of temperature. And it's our point of reference that defines what we would then claim to be hot or cold if the temperature is hot or cold. Like 90 degrees is a hot summer day, sure, but but what's 90 degrees to 5 million degrees? It would be unfathomably freezing cold. However, both again, they're just varying degrees in, in this polarity that is temperature, right? So in in this book with, uh, with the devil defining his relationship between he and God, saying that they can't exist without the other, that they're, <clears throat> that they're like an electron that make up the mind of man, essentially, you know, all of the destructive forces, <clears throat> all of the self-sabotaging habits are that of the devil, while all the forces of creation and, and self-actualization are that of God. You get it? That's easy to understand, right? I don't know. I just, I just found that correlation of hermetics interesting. But what really made me step back and notice that was, uh, what the hell? Hold on one second. And I am back. All right. Sorry about that, guys. Um, I had to take care of something real quick. But um, what was I talking about? Uh, yeah, there was something towards the end of the book that really made me put all of that stuff together where I was like, hey, wait a second. What's going on here? This sounds like hermetics. Um, so back to the book. Once Napoleon you know, gets the devil to establish his identity, um, which he does so by you know, explaining that he is this negative thought form that infiltrates the mind. Um, Napoleon, he has him explain the tactics which he employs to do so, you know, to infiltrate the mind and then therefore claiming their soul. And he replies saying that he does so by a technique he calls drifting. And so drifting, as explained by this devil character, is this very like like devil whispering in your ear archetype. It's it's like this this thought, this confusion, this influence. It's it's a lack of definitiveness that slowly enters your mind. And it like, you know, sows seeds of doubt. It it distracts you. It makes you give in to impulses. Uh, it, it gets you off track slowly but surely from your life's purpose. And it, it's chipping away at you where you drift off. And um, it's not only thought. He, he likens it to things like cigarettes or... Um, overindulgence in even basic human needs like like food or sex he he likens those things to acts of drifting because slowly over time they erode your willpower and determination if, if you have no self-control over yourself 
So through habit, you form a pattern of drifting and become what he calls a drifter. And it's at that point where like he has you under a spell and you grow exceedingly further away from God. He describes a drifter to be someone who allows themselves to be influenced and controlled by circumstances outside of their own mind. Someone who, you know, just accepts life for what it is and what it throws their way. Someone who doesn't know what they want out of life. Someone who may start many things but finishes none of them. Someone who's opinionated strongly but has no actual opinions of their own. And, you know, he starts drifting people as early as possible in their youth while they're at school. He claims that he puts this this fog of your future in your mind where you don't know what you want to do when you grow up, that you don't know who you want to be. And this is where that, that habit starts. He claims that if you drift in one direction, you soon will be drifting in all directions. And uh, you can see how, let's say, you know, you reach the end of your life and the entire time you were just drifting back and forth with no real purpose and you, you never self-actualized. You just went with the flow. You just took what life gave you. I mean, just being a professional victim to circumstance. That feeling, looking back on your life and realizing that, that right there would be literal hell to me. But so Napoleon then goes on in the book to ask the devil if the habit can be broken. If, if a drifter can stop being a drifter, to which the devil replied, yes, if the individual has the willpower to do so, to gain autonomy and control over their life, but only up to a certain point. And then after that point, they become fixed and stuck like a spider in his web. So it's at this certain, I don't know, let's call it a critical mass where the habit of drifting is irreversible. And it's at that point that, that the devil has you. And he goes on to explain this habit continues into the afterlife where he will then have your soul for eternity. Now see, this is, that's like what really got me where I was like, oh shit, that's fucked up. Because then you're just like, I, I can conceptualize that. Like you just get your mind caught in this downward spiral where you're just walking around aimlessly. And if all is mind and after you die, you still have your same mind. You're just, you're going to be led wherever the devil, I guess, wants to lead you. And this also reminded me of something that someone, uh, this astrologer, um, had said to me last year. I was working with him on, uh, I think I was just talking to him about like the subconscious stuff that I was talking about earlier with like the audio stuff. And he had said like, it's super important to, to gain control of, of your mind and your subconscious because 
that will follow you into the afterlife. And that was the first time I'd ever heard that. And I was just like, shit, I never thought about it like that. But anyways, um, in the book, he, he called it the law of hypnotic rhythm. The way he described the law in the book was essentially comparing it to how the universe and, and everything really through the combination of time and repetition always settles into a perfect balance within itself. It's like this fixed homeostasis. He compares it to how the planets rotate and revolve around the sun at the same predictable rate, how the sun comes up and goes down every day, how the seasons come and go like clockwork. So essentially, he's purporting that over time, a person can get so off track mentally that they just default to, to fear so often that their minds reach this, this hypnotic rhythm that they just, it becomes exponential and they just can't break out of it. It's just like this lifeless loserdom that they're stuck in forever. And they take it with them into the afterlife and just keep spiraling down, down, and down. But, um, yeah, it's, it's that concept where it really clicked for me, where I was like, okay, this guy is describing hermetic principles with this story because now he's describing the principle of rhythm working alongside the law of, of uh, polarity. The, the principle of rhythm like basically states that everything has an expected rhythm of a peak and a valley that just repeats in, in like a loop, right? You know, you've, you've heard the expression, the, what is it? The higher they rise, the harder they fall or something like that. It's that, it's like this equilibrium, right? And basically, if you keep polarizing yourself negatively with your shitty thoughts, that rhythm will spiral downwards, making it harder to, making your peaks lower. I don't know. Does that make sense? Do you get what I'm trying to say here? This is why I really, I really want to get into hermetic principles with this podcast, with the YouTube channel, because you can use them as tools, right? If you find yourself in a situation that is so fucking terrible, you can polarize yourself consciously to, to be, to feel gratitude, to, to feel blessed with the, the, the situation that's offered to you to reverse that and to not feel despair, to not feel this intense angst, to let that go because then you're resetting this, this rhythmic clock, right? You're, you're, you're bringing it up a level so that you go higher and then your, your, your peaks are higher and then your valleys are higher. But yeah, there's, there's definitely a couple big takeaways from that book. Um, the, the biggest that I got was that like, you know, if, if all really is mental, if, if we're all out here co-creating this experience, then how could there be any salvation from it other than to, you know, what's that expression? You, you clean up your own yard before you start worrying about world issues, you know, 
whatever. Who cares? None of this matters. Um, uh, yeah, if you enjoyed this podcast, if you want to support me, please uh, leave me a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. It'd mean a lot. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm not positive when I'm going to be uploading a new podcast. I really want to... I'm spinning a lot of plates here, and uh, I want to just focus on the Substack real quick just to get that established. And then... Um, yeah, I mean, if you, I'm most active on Twitter. So if you want to see what I'm doing, just follow me on Twitter at Tyler Soto. And uh, yeah, that's it. Until next time. Oh, yeah. Happy Valentine's Day. Bye. Bye.